Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 448. This is your guide to the geek side, and it is week four of Shocktober. I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra from Shrieking Savage, and joined by Charlie Carden from uh, White Fear Grand Rapids. <laughs> from e- Eager Eagerville, East Grand Rapids, or East yes, Blaine Rapids, the as they call of my white town. Flight. Oh, wait. <laughs> I, I was, no, yeah, White Flight. And no, White, white Flight was the name of my old home. In the ah. east side of Detroit, where my dad the, grew the, up. The, 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 the new, the, the, the home place of White. Yeah. Uh, so shrieking, uh, Savage, who poked it? Yeet! Oh, plenty, plenty of people. Yes, there's, pl- yes. there's plenty uh, of poking. All, all the wild coyotes are shrieking. Oh my goodness! Oh wow, you guys, ha- do you guys have real wild coyotes? There, Charlie, you know those Facebook groups about like you know concerned citizens of Savage. They're oh, like ongoing we- jokes. Like people yeah. always see coyotes. There are booms going off, and what is that noise? Hey, did anybody see those cops? I mean, we have like, we yeah. have an East Grand Rapids neighbors group, and the latest controversy that the city was trying to do that people tore apart was getting rid of gas leaf blowers, and it turned into to a joke that at homecoming some parent some some resident fictitiously said hey i'm gonna run naked on the field during homecoming and some guy in the comments said and have a gas leaf blower with you you'll get arrested twice over i'm sure uh, someone will run on that platform i will not be banning gas <laughs> yeah oh that's funny because we have a city council race going on right now and that's absolutely the platform of one of the two women no i'm oh, just kidding it wasn't at all no i i would not I would guess it would be, but you know, if it's not, but somebody needs to get on that because that'll probably push them over the limit. But oh you know what? Gosh. We're not here to talk about local politics. We're local here to politics. talk about geek culture and the wonderful people that keep supporting and well, and making the things that we love. And that's the yes. actors. Uh, they are on day 112 of the actor strike. Oh my At this gosh. point, they could exceed the uh, writer strike because. Um, I think a lot of people thought this would be easy once the writers yeah, was done. Yeah, like dominoes, right? Like just be like, oh, it'll fall but, right into place. But to be honest, um, the pot of money is bigger for the actors because they're acting for residuals. The The funniest thing I saw recently, Charlie, was SAG was asking for $500 million. Uh, and it's like ridiculous percent of the total revenue. So it's a, it's a very small amount uh, per year. That's what they're acting for residuals for all actors. And um, the, the, the AMT... PTP, PPPTTD. Scooby Dooby DD? Yes. Came back and said, we'll give you 20 million. <laughs> what a bargain. Uh, but along the way, Netflix has just raised its price, yet having one of the most <sighs> successful years it's ever had. Uh, HBO Max said it's now profitable. Um, Disney has just raised prices on. I mean, so you see what we're getting into but, this. Like, but they're, they're, they're going lo- to lose all their profits, Todd. What's going to happen? Exactly. They're not passing along the the, the profits to anyone else. Uh, Who's so, actually making the content? Yeah. So it's, it's, hard it, to yeah feel, it's ridiculous. It's hard to feel sorry for this, but um, it is kind of funny because uh, that's a big part. Also, um, AI and using digital likeness apparently day one you have to consent or not consent to its use that's part of like the deal and like actors like 
so wait, I get I have to choose beforehand before I start a project without knowing. And yeah, so it's almost like it's almost like saying, well, we're not going to employ you unless you agree to it. So it's almost going to be like a scare tactic. It's almost like, right. well, I got to work. So I'm going to sign up for it. So it's not a good deal. The other That's thing horrible. that was funny, Charlie, Fran Drescher is telling actors as part of this not to wear costumes oh, part I, of struck work, which everybody's I, like, are you kidding me? I saw a scathing post by um, J.G. Hertzler, who played General Mark talk on deep space nine he's going to be a guest at grand rapids comic-con which is my chapter's big show we'll talk about that in a little while um where he was just scathing because i can't believe he, he kept using the word uh friggin or friggin but you know what he really wanted to say fracking uh freaking fracking you can't use frack because that's BSG. yeah i get yeah exactly um i'm very excited because actually one of the events that that we're kind of co-hosting or, or contributing is a klingon drinking party at a local bar with both jg herskler general martok and uh with robert O'Reilly, who was Gowron, the guy with the big eyes with all the memes. Oh, yeah. Um, and us. And it was that that was a project that I was really launched by my wife by somebody we met in Las Vegas. It's, wow. it's, it's a wild story. But anyway, I won't pontificate. I'll, 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 I'll give a plug at the end because that show is coming up. It's very exciting. You have a big charity auction and uh, Grand Rapids Comic Con in general for the Grand Petoskey. But I digress. What I, oh, by the way, of course, visit um, entertainmentcommunity.org uh, uh, and contribute to help these folks if you can. But Todd took my, you stole my thunder. That's usually, I usually do the top half and then I toss you the cover. But I'm going to keep rolling um, talking about our awesome. Patreons. These are the super cool folks who give us the oomph we need there, the wind beneath our wings to make the fun extra content that we bring out to you. Todd and I do uh, the spinner rack talking about some comics. I have a great show uh, called the facts of geek life where we take a classic season of a classic television series and lampoon a few episodes and have a good time. Um, but yeah, these folks make it possible. If you visit patreon.com slash secret friends, unites, you can try us out for a full week. Uh, listen to some of our content. If you stick around, that's good too. But these are our top tier friends, uh, friends with Benefits includes Corey and HD, John Snorf, the Phoenix Sisters Cosplay, and Brendan Myers. BFFs are top, top, top tier. The awesome Nias family, Sean, Stella, and Henry. My dear friend, Missy Merchant, and Andy Milliken. And Todd, we have a spotlight this week. I love how you do these spotlights. I apologize if I don't always sneak these into Code 47, but uh, you're, uh, we'll, we'll beam you up some benefits at some point, I promise. I'll, I'll stay all over it. It's black and Carden, you're going to be demoted for dereliction of duty. Oh my gosh, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be cleaning the cleaning the plasma transfer conduits on my ship. Scrub, scrub, scrub. Exactly. Scrub. So this week, uh, and part of the Patreon benefits, if you sign up for the uh, BFF level, uh, five bucks, you get everything. It's a great deal. Um, you get assigned a superpower on SFU. You get assigned a power up on uh, co-op mode. You get assigned. What is the Star Wars? one charlie a weird name a star wars name is that what it is probably Alien? so and if you want to plug somebody i think mark's falling down on the job I, I leave that to him and it hasn't come up so i guess we better get back on that <clears throat> yeah i'm gonna have to get you guys both in shape man goodness Ouch. oh boy and then uh, over over on code 47 we give you the name of a star trek race uh and or a i think and also a job a a job, yes, essentially a duty, yeah. So you can be a you know a Vulcan proctologist or something. I don't know, hey. whatever the hell. 
Why not? Hey, you know what? Hey, every, that health that health is everybody. Really important in space. Everybody, you never know what you're going to eat in space, Charlie. I mean, you never yeah. know. I mean, Eating some of that Klingon food. Yeah, it'd be rough. Exactly. Stuff, so. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, Phoenix Sisters cosplay, Charlie. So this is two, two people. people. Yeah, yeah so got, remind got, me uh, of their names. It's it's it's, um, uh, it's our friend uh, Kaylee, uh, yep. our friend Kelly, uh, Kelly G from Wisconsin, and her partner Crayley, who lives down in I'm going to say yeah. Southern Illinois. K and K. K and K. K and C. K and C. Crayley with a C. Correct. Yeah. Name I've Not never Kelly heard. Kelly with a C. Not Kelly there's with no a Kelly's C. with a C. My sister's no, there's, Kelly there's, with a K. There, yeah, but there's Kathy's with a C. The but but or there's Kathleen like my mother. But all right, so you got two ladies, cosplayers extraordinaire. Uh, definitely give them a googs if you want to visit their website and kind of check out their content. They have a Patreon as well. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's see here. So I know Kelly. Kelly is the big Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, and she does of course enjoy Star Trek. She's a member of the Grand Petoskey as well. Um, so for Kelly, I'm gonna to say uh she's all she's she's a slayer on her own she's a slayer archaeologist so she goes to because she also does the laura croft that's another one of her cosplays so let's say she's at an archaeology site some big old mummified vampires pop up and she's gonna do flips and shit and be throwing wooden stakes and take all that down so that's her um and then so for crayley uh well it's an easy one crayley's uh crayley is an artist her uh, business is called uh, Pokemon or Pokeballs by Crayley. She builds stuff into little Pokemon balls. Um, so to take that a step further, when she builds like, you know, like let's say I, I was talking to her about building like one with the Enterprise in it. When she has a Pokeball with something built inside of it, she imbues the powers of that franchise, whatever that may be. Got to catch them all. Got to catch them all. Perfect. Okay. Well, let's see. So Kelly, I always see that she does a lot of her own cosplay designs. Yes. So I'm going to give her the superpower, Charlie, that she always has just enough fabric or materials. Never runs out. Like never. You could, uh, well, maybe you never. You run out, but when you're on a project, you don't have to go back to uh, Frank's Nursery and Craft like ten times, like a I home depot project. I think that's a business that doesn't exist anymore. Once you go with Hobby Lobby. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I remember when Frank's closed in my thing, and I don't know what it is now. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that's impor- important because when you're on a project and you have to leave because you need more crap, that's the worst. Yeah. So that's going to be your problem. So like it's if she always- runs out of Vel- Velcro, she just goes Velcro and there's more Velcro. Well, in the drawer. It just in looks, the oh, there's more Velcro. So there's yeah, right. always there. But at the end of the project, she still has to, you know. Yeah, it works. Stuff, but, you know, it, yeah. So appropriate measurement. She always has the right amount. And then Crayley. So you talked about Pokemon. So I am going to give her the real life power of catching live creatures uh, <laughs> and keeping them in some type of little ball so she could catch like rare, you know, stray raccoons. Um, and, you know, since it, ball. it doesn't say that she can actually tame them or use them. She just like unleashes them and then they can attack people randomly. Oh, or, well, you know, who, well, who, does, well who, who does? doesn't want that. I, so, yeah. I, li- I, I like it already. Oh, my goodness. Well, if you would like to join the Super Squad and have a really random, useless, and possibly dangerous superpower, once again, please visit patreon.com slash secret friends unite seven day trial. Check out our fun content uh, and we will look forward to seeing you there. Um, speaking of things to look forward to, I always look forward to our segue into we got this covered, a classic cover with a matching number to the episode that we are uh, producing just knock off the first digit so we're 448 this is issue 48 of dc comics 
The Warlord from August of 1981. Uh, just out of school treat, you know, because three months forward. So, yeah, what's the deal with The Warlord? I don't know anything about this dude. Okay, so, Charlie, this one's a weird one, because if you look at The Warlord, he is basically wearing um, Speedos, uh, some one, uh, shoulder armor, a Thor-like helmet with the big wings on the side. Bigger. He's, Everything's he's, bigger. He's got a sword, and he's got a gun. Yeah, like, um, a, some like, like, like a laser gun and a holster, so it's a, it's a real mismatch, and it's yeah, weird. It's, His sword is the Thundercat sword. Look, it has like a big like part there. Um, yeah, so I will tell you a little bit about him, though. One um, thing, he's got a crisscross. His, he, he's got a gun in his sword hand and a sword in his gun hand. So he like did this. Because well, you reach out. across because you can't really okay. you, you can try to reach down. It just doesn't work as well. Uh, ergonomic. I suppose not. Ergonomic. He's helping himself out. So uh, the warlord uh, is Travis Morgan. Uh, he came from New Earth. Uh, he is a former combat trained pilot for the United States Air Force who accidentally crash landed in the strange land of Scar Terrace. Um, so essentially kind of like uh, John Carter of Mars type oh, of, of deal. Uh, this was created in 1975. First special appearance was in 1975, created by Mike Grell, uh, basically writer and artist. Mike Grell did a bunch of other things. He did a run on Green Arrow. Um Kind of a he's he's kind of a cool creative type of guy, but yeah, this this character I've not read a thing about him, but I remember seeing all of the comics back in the day. I'm like, I don't understand <laughs> what this is about. As I do too, as I was mentioning to Todd in the pre roll, today was uh, the actually third day uh, in the last couple months of the basement sale at Argos Comics uh, in East Town in Grand Rapids. Uh, my comic shop, my whole life long. New owners are cleaning out the basement. I've talked about this before, and so they have boxes and boxes of many multiple copies of stuff that Jim, the old owner, just bought and stuck in the basement and it sat there for forty years. Definitely saw this comic, but don't think I saw this issue. But the thing that's really exciting, if you look to the left along the, you know, the, uh, the, the skinny column all the way to the left, extra introducing Iraq, son of thunder, the greatest sword. And it looks like a lightning bolt slash sorcery, sorcery yeah. uh, superstar of all in a, a special free 16 page preview comic. And there's a picture of it, but that, that's not the kicker. What it really nails me is an instant collector's item from the new DC. I may have seen this in the dollar bin. Going <laughs> well, this I mean, is, this is from 40 years ago. Oh, the more you DC. put on a cover, the more you put on a cover, the better it is. Um, and it right. does the, you know, the return of the claw. I don't know who claw is, but that's got to be important because he's returning. Gotcha. What, and what, 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 what's the deal with this piece of art underneath? So on the, like the, the DC Wikipedia, it's dcfandom.com. Uh, it's essentially him with Arthur Curry, you know, green arrow. Oh yeah. It kind of yeah. looks similar to each other. One's, one's got more of a silver, silver, uh, Fox look. And he says, cut it out. And he punches him. So it's oh, the Dave so Coulier, but I was about to say he's punching him. So Dave, cut it out. of course, I've told you that I met Dave Coulier in my dad's yes. shop back in about 1995. Yeah. Cause he's from St. Clair Shores, which is where our family business getting soc family soccer photos he was picking up a roll of film or whatever but yeah he came in and he's a little dude wearing a baseball cap unshaven i know i've told a story before seemed very nice but seemed like i want to get the f out of here before you know there was nobody else Paparazzi yeah it was me and like two other employees in the shop and i'm like oh you're dave collier man i love full house oh thanks i'm like i'm gonna get the fuck out of here <laughs> before people bug him visiting his mom or whatever so oh well someone who never gets stopped by the paparazzi because she invented the concept is our senior news correspondent talking about madam webb 
at 123 and a half, or excuse me, almost 124 because she was born 1-1 of Oh, oh. Um, yeah, down at the corner of Hollywood and Vine, getting ready to bring us the latest news and scoops. Let's go for it. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Oh, it's that time of the year where Madam Webb gets to scare children and she doesn't get arrested for it. She's so happy. Her uh, reign of crankiness will endure one more week it's before time. charges can be pressed again. Time to shine. Well, you know, she just loves the, the, the pressing of charges. Oh, my gosh. What do we got up here? Uh, this is a little near and dear to my heart in two ways. One, uh, that Jonathan Frakes was heavily involved in the show back in the day. And B, that I've never seen it. Uh, so tell me all about it. Just tell wondering, me all about I'm like, it, uh, I was a huge fan of this, Charlie. And we never have talked about it, except I would always say, hey, Charlie, it's got TNG folks on. And you're like, yes, it does. <laughs> and that was it. End well, of story. as I would. As I was again saying in the B-roll, in 2024, we're going to have a lot of time to watch old stuff because there's nothing else exactly. going to be on unless you yeah, unless yeah. you love, you know, Intercourse Island or whatever the hell, you know, the reality TV <laughs> crap that's going to be on. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So um, what's coming out back is Gargoyles uh, in a live action fashion for Disney Plus. Gary Doberman is Yay. going to be Gary Doberman and James Wan actually are partnering on this. James Wan has created this new production a house called Atomic Monster, um, which James Wan used to be tied to really tied right to DC. He's now kind of uh, tried to get himself free so he can do projects elsewhere. And he's partnered with A24. It's kind of like a production company. So this is cool that he's able to do things for Disney Plus. Um, mm-hmm. And this is essentially Gargoyles was a cartoon that I watched in uh, college because it came out in 1994. I remember seeing it. It started off with a 90 minute like uh movie kind of like the gi yeah. joe had their 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 like almost like a mini series but it was just a, oh those you know, were a actually they, yeah. they were longer they were five parts so it was like you know, oh, okay. two hours or whatever yeah yeah exactly yeah so gargoyles did that they kicked it off with a 90 minute movie you could actually buy on a vhs and it was great uh it was very highly in, influenced by um batman the animated series because yeah, it, yeah. It basically by Len Wiseman, who worked on Batman the Animated Series. Um, And the great thing about this show was just a cool premise about these gargoyles who are magical creatures who um, essentially were betrayed by, I believe it would have been Mordred the Magician. So basically think of like Arthurian times. Wasn't that Frakes? Uh, no, he played he played um uh, i'm blanking on his name great just uh great businessman who's also a megalomaniac so oh, like a James I, yeah. Bond villain. Yeah, yeah that's what i thought that that was the main dude but xanatos you know, xanatos was the same xanatos yeah. oh and frank's yeah, great name it. yeah um voice. so they were cursed uh basically uh basically frozen in time because they were essentially great warriors for king arthur mm-hmm. they were frozen and then I forgot what reanimated them and they're basically reanimated when this, when the sun goes down, but they were brought back in modern times, New York, and uh, they were transported from Europe over to basically be part of like, you know, architecture, I guess right. <laughs> like the gargoyles. And uh, it just basically was a great run on a long running storyline with great characters, a family of gargoyles, essentially And gar, uh, what, you know, Goliath was the main character voiced by Keith David. And then Demona was his great love voiced by Marina Sirtis. Oh, yes, and yes, 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 yes. There was a, always conflict. So it was great because, uh, you know, you said Jonathan Frakes. Santos was like the big bad, but he was also charming. But he oh, also, like Lex Luthor, yeah. Yeah, it was It was very much a Lex Luthor play. But great yeah. series, really well done, ran for about 
seven years. Then it was brought back on an ABC Saturday morning where they tried to re- continue it, but it didn't work very well. Yeah. Um, there is a video game, Charlie, which just got like, from back in the 90s, which just got remastered and is out Ooh. now. So they're trying to really build up this franchise. They have the toy line by... Uh, trying to remember the, the toy line that does like the $35 really good editions you find at Target. Um, is it NECA? Oh, yeah, yeah, NECA. Yeah, NECA. Yeah, so I bought a Goliath. It's wonderful. Range, yeah. It's huge, highly detailed, yeah. wonderful line, too. So yeah, this is going all in yeah, um, NECA, to this NECA, series. NECA's done some nice lines for Alien, Predator, even Back to the Future. Some of those were pretty cool. So just waiting for him to go on clearance. I was going to snag some, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I do too, because there's like, I would love a good Ash from uh army of uh, darkness oh, yeah, yeah, and some yeah, yeah, of the yeah. ones i'd like so yeah it's hard to find them when they go away because sometimes they actually don't make a lot so then they go right. and raise the value um, but, um l- looks yeah. like your guy doberman wrote annabelle annabelle creation and annabelle comes home and my personal favorite we were scrolling through these annabelle goes to summer camp no that wasn't a movie annabelle comes <laughs> home yeah he also penned the conjuring spinoff the nun which is going to oh, be yeah, on, we've, we've seen is them it going to be on hbo max uh nun 2 is going to be on hbo max next yes week, yes right it, yeah halloween as well as uh, Five Nights at Freddy, who comes out next week in April, wants to watch that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this seems cool. So, uh, and again, much like all programming, if this is being written, that's as, you know, kind of far as it's going. Unless they're saying in this article any of this has been produced and they're just talking about rolling it out now. But um, let's see. I think sc- the only reason this is coming out because writers and showrunners are writing, are like yeah. planning and writing. Right. So they're getting this stuff out there. Um, yeah. And it's it's kind of, to your point, they James Wan and Doberman are both a, uh, you know, ha- have a horror background. I like that coming to Disney Plus, adding a little bit of edge to a series that um, could be dumbed down so i like that right. and it could really new at a new flair i don't know if this will be just a direct adaptation or a new take on it but um obviously you know keith david you know he's getting older in age but if it's you know he's obviously not going to be wearing a suit or anything like that he could still do the voice right yeah it's easy to yeah i don't know about freaks unless you know this was you know xanatosis you know uh the 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 elder he could be I, I could see a lot of these actors doing cameos for it though yeah which cameos that yeah i mean the freaks in particular left the acting world behind the only thing he'd really done was when he came back on picard because he yeah. has a very fruitful career as you know behind the camera so anyway all right moving on Tade, i i, I chided you about this next one because i said oh cool let's talk about this show that no one will see because of where it's going to be on um but but, uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, so this is Beacon 23 starring Lena Headley, who is either Irish or a Liverpudlian. I couldn't really pin down if that was a Beatles accent I thought her using, um, but appears she is a mysterious woman in a far, far away space station from Earth uh, where she's getting into some trouble. So what's the story? Yeah, um, this one looks really interesting, and um, it's got showrunners involved, like Zach Penn, who was highly involved with Ready Player One and Avengers, and Glenn Mazzara, uh, really, you know, one of the, I would say, probably one of the best showrunners on uh, The Walking Dead, um, probably his prime. Yeah, um, they're going to be behind this, and it's going to be on MGM Plus, which you're like, what is that service, and why is it a new one? It's actually just changed from Epic's to MGM Plus. And the big part is MGM Plus and all of that content was bought by Amazon when they acquired MGM. So what I'm hoping is Amazon will say part of your Prime membership will be MGM Plus. And there's just that. well that's what I'm trying to figure out because again this is debuts November 12, which is obviously just a few weeks from now. Um on MGM Plus, which is an Amazon streaming service. Um but again, so are they trying to tell me 
uh, oh, okay. So the, and this is a this is a day this is a day and time kind of deal. November twelfth at nine p.m. Uh, following obviously the successful slash quasi successful Disney Plus model that's going on right now. Um, but yeah, there's no real talk about hey, do I have to go in and sign up for the? You know, nobody's gonna really. I mean, I guess there are people out there who would go and sign up for a service for a show, but for a new show, I mean, in this minute and thirty second trailer, I don't think anybody said, "Oh my god, I'm plunking down my five bucks so I can watch this deal." No. I mean, um, I mean, it, you're right; it does have some talent, but what a weird like path to to try to launch something. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't know. It it's it's I strange. Mean, MGM plus does have a pretty good movie and TV collection of classics like outer limits, uh, Adam's family, heat of the night, that type of stuff. Cagney and Lacey, Charlie green acres. Um, it's got their movie catalog, which is, you know, James Bond. It's got minority report movies like that. So and it does have some original series, which are pretty stu- good. There's pretty much all stuff for the boomers is what you described. Like, Oh, I want to well, watch green acres. And <laughs> there's some good stuff in here. Like, uh, God for the Harlem, uh, that's supposed to be, uh, uh, kind of a, a more of a weighty drama piece uh, that we yeah. came out with uh, Morgan, um, not Morgan Freeman. Um, I'm Morgan Freeman. Uh, Whitaker, Forrest Whitaker. Um, oh, there you go. There's Rogue Heroes, which is by the guys who did Peaky Blind Blinders, which is a kind of a oh, no, blinder, of blinders. Now. You just said Peaky yeah. Blinders. What's a blender? They've got a Rolling Stone <laughs> documentary. Uh, they did a new War of the Worlds series. So they've got an interesting group of new content along with old. But to your yeah. point, uh, to yeah. sign up for this service, it may be just like they need an outstanding thing to really bring people to the yard. But right. really, Amazon should probably just say free fold, with Amazon fold, Prime membership since in. they keep raising prices anyways. Yeah. So, it, well, they're they're making all that money so they cannot give it to Hector's. Oh, but I, man. But I'm hopeful that this could be a standout sci-fi series. Um, and because it's on MGM Plus, Amazon typically doesn't cancel stuff right away. This could be a good sign for the show to find an audience like um, I think of The Expanse, which was a really good uh, original true. science fiction. Maybe this could be good. And the, and the, and the crew looks cool. It looks like it's got a, a bunch of different tweaks to it on, and a mystery involved to find out. So uh, we'll Ooh. see how this goes. Very exciting. Well, Todd, get out your get out your uh, your your flat staff because it's time to beat a dead horse. That's right. It's Star Wars news. So there was a statement this week uh, by creator Matthew Vaughn, uh, where he made such a statement. This is the creator of X Men, Kingsman, and Kick Ass. Director, does Star Wars need rebooting? Let's face it. It's always been something that looms in this modern area. Everything reboots and reboots and this and that and sideways boots, like side boots, like they did with Star Wars, Star Trek with the JJ movies. Uh, but yeah, writer director uh, Matthew Vaughn, well known uh, for giving franchises a good kick in the ass, pun intended, uh, is now saying, "Hey." Is this something that should be done? Can we possibly reboot and uh, have a new Skywalker trilogy and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, so for me, doing a Star Wars movie is to play with characters that I love. Filoni's already doing it, guy. Um, Yeah, would love to reboot Star Wars. He's not with playing with those characters much at all. Really, no, 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 no. With the OT, what I'm no, what I'm saying is, Filoni in general, play, he's the you know that meme that said here's here's Filoni and John Favreau doing a Star Wars thing, and he's an old clip of two kids Play playing with action figures. Yeah. That 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 was where I was coming from. Oh but yeah, yeah, go, yeah, yeah. Filoni definitely loves to play yeah, with his he, his yeah, pocket. He, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I, I'd love uh, if they said to me they'd reboot Star Wars and actually have Luke Solo and Vader and do your own version of it. Everyone would say you're an idiot to try, but that would excite me. Uh, Todd, I think I can speak for both of us where this is a massive thumbs down um, because it's the ultimate extension of everything 
you and I kind of feel about the original trilogy. You just got to move on. You ju- I mean, even even the hardcores out there, some of the people that Mark and I interact with, um, you know, on Twitter and on X say, hey, just please just just let it go. Let it go. So, well, such a, he makes such a, a good big point, galaxy though. and other stuff. Yeah. But he does make a good point. He goes, uh, why are the Star Wars characters so hollow that from 1977 you can't, he says, redo it for an audience. Um, but Recast, I think anyway. what, But what I think you could take from this, it's, and he's saying if someone asked him to do it. So I don't think it's his idea to do it, but I think he says if that's where he wanted to play in Star Wars, he would want to play the characters he loves the most, which, which quite honestly, I agree with them. Why can't we revisit these characters we love? Not saying let's redo the original trilogy. I think he's what he's right. going to say. Let's play with yeah. Leia, Luke, Han, because they're the most famous characters, but have the least amount of screen time of any characters in Star Wars recently. Very true. Well, you know, and again, I, I adore Mark Hamill, as does, you know, really anyone who's in who, who enjoys this life enjoys Mark Hamill, particularly his, his media persona in the last 30-something years with, you know, playing the Joker and just his overall uh, funness. It, it, bringing Luke back for The Mandalorian was great. Did it need to be de-aged him? Should it have been a new actor? I, I'm definitely in the second camp. As much as I like him, yeah. um, it would have been a nice, easy opportunity to kind of softishly reboot the character in so much as his face, even though it's obviously it's the same Luke moving forward because we know after Jedi, he struck and it's been chronicled in, in canonical books and comics, which again, most people just don't really care about because if it's not on the screen, it's not known to you know the unwashed masses as it were. But Luke went on, started his Jedi Academy. Eventually, he brought his nephew in. His nephew destroyed all of it, became Kylo Ren, yada yada yada. So that could stand to generate some interesting stories. But everything with Star Wars is so precarious with the Lucasfilm continuity group and these comics covered this thing, and then this book did this thing, and then yam 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 yam. So. Um, yeah, a very deceptive concept, but you and I are in alignment with this, that characters that are interesting, I had, uh, I, I experienced in you enjoy in entertainment watching the Solo movie with Alden Ironreich as Han Solo, where some people just couldn't handle it. Oh, or, or look what a flopperoonie the last Indiana Jones movie was with, because Harrison, I love you, but somebody else could you know there's been 47 dudes who played james bond i love indiana jones but don't feel that there's many people no one else batman. Could. yeah yeah well I mean, he wears Batman's a mask. one of the biggest characters in the world and everybody he, he wears he wears him he wears a mask so they no I'm just kidding. well bruce wayne i mean you yeah. see bruce wayne and different right. voice and things like yeah i just think it's silly that um and quite honestly we didn't see any of these characters in their prime play themselves again we last time we saw these characters play their roles, they were senior citizens. Yeah. So it it makes sense that you might cast somebody because we don't really remember how any of these people looked. It probably except for um, you know, because Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher essentially went away from right. the screen and you never saw them. You know, Harrison Ford, of course, but it, with Elder yeah. Roderick already kind of in the mode, you could do that. Right. So right. I'm all for it. Let's see more of these characters doing cool stuff post-Jedi. Yeah, having awesome adventures. I mean, the piece of that that gets discussed is the Filoni film, which could take shape of Heir to the Empire, the book, which I'm not terribly familiar with. I have the audiobook, 
maybe before that movie ever gets made, I'll actually listen to it. But, uh, you know, things could take shape that, you know, all of your Filoniverse characters are going to come together. And obviously Ahsoka and Sabine are in the far flung, whatever it is. And they're going to come home at some juncture. Han, Luke and Leia, bring them back. We already know that Leia's part of stuff. We know Luke's doing his thing. But if it's Thrawn, if he's like the Thanos of Star Wars, it's going to take your whole Avengers team of Star Wars characters yeah. to take them on. So, yeah. It'll yeah, be a biggie. It'll be it'll be a spicy meatball. All right. Well, you know, Todd, I've told you that I was so bummed out by Spider-Man No Way Home. As great of a film as it was, it really oh, made really? me sad. Mm. Um, yeah. And, you know, well, it's just the death fan may really kind of bum me out, even though she died like four, she's died like 48 times in the comics. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. And it was the last it was the last real blockbuster that Marvel had, wasn't it? Because Black Panther was yeah. before. Um, I know Shang-Chi did well, but I don't think it did. This was yeah. a $1.9 billion biggest, It was the biggest post. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was the biggest post uh, Endgame movie. Endgame? Yeah. Which yeah. is, I mean, it spun right off of... You know, and you know it, the the events of Endgame, or or it spun right off of. Well, it it uh, Spider Man well, had a, it had a couple years home, delay, then yeah. it spun right then, off. Yeah, yeah. But it was, yeah. it was it was it was it was quasi direct community from Endgame to um, the Far From Home, which was the European vacation one, mm-hmm. went right into this, um, where Spidey lost his identity because you know he made a, a deal with the Doctor Strange. It was a riff on Brand New Day, which is a classic Spider Man story, where Spider Man's you know identity was kind of quasi. Uh, erased so anyway it uh it we now have confirmation that uh characters from the previous uh spider-man franchises so toby and andy garfield um that uh kristen dunst emma stone's gwen stacy and sally fields aunt may were all in eyeballed to star in this film mm-hmm. um i don't really feel like we missed anything by not having those characters it was pretty the, the film was pretty stuffed you didn't feel yeah i mean would we have seen them in their world before they came through the portals. Cause that was one of the big deals. I and mean, when they have just like, Hey, Spider-Man, I'm going to come and hang out with you too. I mean, well, that's how you, those yeah. characters came over. Yeah. So that's I how, if you, I mean the big, the big hooting and hollering in the theater when I saw it. And again, I've just seen it. I own it on video. I've not watched it, which is, I don't know. I don't know why I can't bring myself to watch again. But the, when I saw it in the theater, the big hooting and hollering was when the portal opened and from a distance, you saw a figure that turned around and ran towards it. And then, it was Spidey and he ran through the portal and took his mask off and it was Andy Garfield. That's as much of their world as you saw. So yeah, you know, you, you understand that, uh, you know, that it would have been kind of weird to shoehorn them in. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it says, you know, I, the, the writers are talking here, Summers and McKenna, two of the, two of the creators of the film. Uh, the only female characters with significant screen time were Aunt May and, uh, and MJ. Uh, and so because of this, we were looking for a way to, potentially create you know other significant roles for females so sure. i don't know i don't i don't really know what that would have looked like but again i you know even though i found the film very sad i i found it very good i don't know what any of those characters really would have you know chipped in so i don't know uh suggestion on that charlie uh i think if we get uh, i mean we're supposed to get another well we hopefully will see um Tom come back as Spider-Man. Yeah. But maybe yeah. it's time to broaden that cast out. I know they're doing their best to like do all these other movies, but bring in other Spidey heroes like, like support. Oh. Cat. 
Oh, like a supporting to cast. To bring in more female yeah. characters. I mean, she would yeah. be a good one. I'm trying to think of, there. are there any other iconic, I mean, Spidey, uh, Spidey, Spidey had a, female he had a, characters? Yeah, like he, he had heroes? a great... He, he had a decent supporting cast outside of Heroes. There was Betty Brant. There's Glory Grant with someone else from the. I don't uh, care about that. I care more about. Yeah, the no, hero, I was just talking about heroic things. things. So, yeah. yeah, so yeah, Black Cat, Silver Sable. Um, God, I'm just, you're gonna make me look at my action figure shelf. Well, then, of course, there's Jessica Drew as Spider Woman. There's Julia Carpenter mm-hmm. as Spider Woman. But that's Madame Web. That's the, the all those people are ending up in that movie. And yeah, not Madame really Web. crossing over. So yeah, unfortunately, um, yeah. getting a different Madam Web than we would want. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I was I was trying to look over at my Spider Man shelf for well, oh, Firestar. <laughs> I know. I'm just looking at what's True. on my shelf. She um, was created for the animated series, silk. but she's you got an, silk. She's a mutant silk. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're all Spider Verse type characters. I'm just yeah, trying to exactly. think of any other strong female heroes or villains that were part of Spidey's. Um, those are the big ones. Yeah, I'm really struggling. That's that's why it is handy to have these here in my studio here. But yeah, look. Stanley needed to get woke, man. Where's all yeah, those female exactly. uh, villains and heroes? Those are the big ones. You got Gwen, uh, Jessica. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty. And then I have all my Spider Man. I mostly have Spider dudes who are on the the webs in my studio. I know it's very. It's terrible with me. I feel. I feel. I feel just terrible about it. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know what is next for Spider Man. The uh, the freshman class. Uh, cartoon is on the horizon and uh but that is not related to this in any way shape or form so um yeah could be interesting but uh, yeah i think that was octopus or shriek i'm looking at oh and female yeah well she yeah Uh, oh yeah yeah lady janice lincoln if you're oh that's uh uh tombstone's daughter um well now you see the problem is the uh, yeah. The problem is that my spider villains are oh there we go are uh right behind my computer screen let's see who else i see uh, you pretty much got a lot of them. Yeah, most of White them are Rabbit? most of the rest of them are character? No, that's an old character. I had to figure that was uh, one time. It bagged. Okay. It's a it's a dumb character. So so um, uh, get on it, Stanley. Yeah, oh, I'm looking. <laughs> oh, ouch! Too soon. <laughs> too soon. Oh my gosh. Sorry, Stan. I apologize. Oh, oh no. All right. Yes. Now I can put I'm my gonna glasses. be haunted now. But you know, oh. I, I I do like when they look back at what they could have done or they they didn't do yeah. and things they could have added, and maybe that'll be a future look. But yeah, uh yeah. I'd be curious when we get back to Spider-Man again, because I really did yeah. enjoy that movie. I I I agree. And you know what? I will commit to watching it again because I it's one of those that uh you know when I'm on the road, I always have my Roku with me and I'm like, oh, I gotta figure out something to watch. And I usually end up watching stand-up is my big thing right now. I'll put on some stand-up something and I usually keep working. Or I put on some dumb movie. I always say to Missy, Hey Missy, give me a dumb movie to watch, or I watch something that I need to do content related for the Patreon. But one night in the next several months, I'll watch this movie again. So speaking of things that I've not watched again, but in this case, something I may catch on an airplane at some point. Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, is blowing up. You've seen it already? Coast to coast. No, I haven't seen it, but my you know what? You said you watch it again. No, I said I, pro- I I said I wouldn't uh, watch oh. it again, but I'd have to see it the first time. Um, my friend Tamara took her friends and everything, or took her family and everything. We saw it yesterday, and uh, it was funny because she woke. She said, well, "Yeah, well, I'm seeing Taylor Swift lately," but I woke up with a migraine. I said, "Based on the theater footage I've seen, that migraine migraine might be coming back." Because I watched things on on Kimmel this week, and then Colbert was out this week. He has COVID, but uh, what's mm-hmm. the other one we watched? Seth Meyers uh, of of footage of people just losing their minds in the theater it looked like a mosh pit 
people jumping around, screaming, dancing, you know, slamming all around. Um, but anyway, the headline is that obviously that's blowing things up. But uh, Oppenheimer director, Mr. Christopher Nolan, has come out and noted that he feels that this is a real shift in the industry, um, not only with, uh, you know, direct cinema partnerships, but in general, this film um, broke almost $100 million, which in the old days was uh, known as a blockbuster status in its first weekend. So this is like a like an Avengers movie um, in quality or as far as in dollar amount. So, Todd, what do you think it means? It means that if we're going to have a lack of movies in theaters, we're going to have other entertainment come to theaters, concerts, performances on Broadway. You will see any, maybe even sports, anything yeah. under the sun. You can get in a yeah. theater and get people to see it in a way that you couldn't afford or make it to. It well, is a they, great opportunity. I think they absolutely have that now. I mean, in the, the preview clips, they always have like, you know, the Met Opera through Fandango is bringing you, you know, they have those. Would but you even know that, though, unless you're in no, the No, that, like that's that. exactly my point. Yeah. But yeah. everybody knew about this. Everybody yes. and their mother's, grandmother's, cousin's, college roommate knew about this deal. Um, and it was huge. So, yeah, you're right. The traditional, um, what we've been dealing with in the last 15, 20 years with the, the you know, super franchises and the superhero stuff and, uh, you know, to, to the Star Wars to a lesser or greater extent. Um, those films are all getting more expensive and being less profitable because they're, they're pulling down less box office. But this, I mean, God, what's the budget on something like this? The concert was already going on. They didn't have to build sets or hire uh, anybody extra. Maybe like $10 because you did have to obviously get – the crews get it, everything set. All everything the, all was the kind of a, and, a lot, yeah. so much of it was baked into the cost of already yeah, being exactly. and doing the shows. This wasn't made for like, Oh, uh, I mean, I could see like, you know, you see these celebrities do these in residence in Vegas. Like, yeah. uh, um, right now you too is Celine at the or Cher. Oh yeah. Where, oh yeah. yeah the, the video the, drone, which, no, you're thinking of the terror drone from Cobra. No, it's what is it? The, the, the orb or what is that thing? Uh, it's big, called the, I think it's called the the the, the video dome. Is that no, what it's called? I don't know. I don't know. We've it's, talked about it. it's the something. But anyway, yeah, that's that's where that's where the money is. Is Vegas and did, like uh, YouTube is right there. But I mean, YouTube yeah. YouTube is right now. Yes, yeah, uh, it's called the Sphere, Charlie. It's the called Sphere. The sphere. I, you yeah, knew so. it was a shape of some kind. They're using um, it for advertising. I mean, the new video yeah. game for Spider Man came out. They had it on the outside. It's so cool. Ah, when we go to Vegas. Really, we'll be in Vegas in January, so I'm I'm really excited to see yeah. if we can just even go in. Yeah. And they'll totally. have something going on because I'm not going to pay $400 to you too. Sorry. Yes. Um, yeah. Exactly. But, um, I, I, I don't think I'd pay $1. I'm not a fan of you too, as you uh, know. I, I like you too. Um, the, you know, they're kind of one of those big bands. I mean, they are yeah. kind of That's on that level of like, a, you know, for well, certain yeah, age, um, they are yeah. like a Rolling Stones too. Mega band. Uh, yeah. In a, a later generation. Um, but I, I was going to say. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, what I was going to think was um, we did see a couple weeks ago that uh, the Talking Heads, their concert film came back out was we really stopped making sense. Um, and that did very well in the theater as well. So yeah. uh, um, I think that there's a lot of opportunity to really bring entertainment. You can't really see in that type of way. I mean, you don't want to watch a concert film on your 22 inch TV. You want right. to see it on so the big screen. You talk about live action entertainment that is potentially out of someone's means, whether it be financially Broadway. or geographically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they Middleton, would have to. Yeah. 
right? I mean, Hamilton. I um, now was Hamilton was more of a COVID release, though, wasn't it? Didn't it pretty much just come out, or was it? Was that before? Oh, many years down? before that. It was Disney brought it to Disney Plus oh, early because of there COVID. They said, "Oh, we're going to no, do." No, that. I don't mean. I don't mean the show came out during COVID. I meant was it in theaters before COVID shut theaters down? Uh, no, it was I never in theaters. So. It was only so. on Disney Plus. That was part of their gotcha. deal. It was yeah. supposed to come out like a year later, but they rushed it right. to get Have in there content. to get numbers. Yeah, yeah, get numbers yeah they, they yeah. needed them. So, so yeah, so this will be interesting. So and again, concert films are something that can be produced and put out during the writer strike or this during the actor strike because uh, Taylor Taylor's not acting. She's really she is really that much of a world dominating force. All right, I will say I will say this though. Taylor Swift she dances about as well as I do. That's one of her like that's her kryptonite is dancing. The woman oh, so. ain't got much rhythm. <laughs> she doesn't have the moves. She's got white girl dance, Charlie. Oh, so like yeah, this? Kind of like that, yeah. <laughs> do, do, do. Like the That's way okay. My, the way yeah, my wife I, dances. She's got a great dance. voice. Yeah. It's on a great show. Very talented. All right. Well, that is the end of the news. Todd, time to get out that Fuber app, that Feeble Uber app. The Geek Easy awaits down in Skugtown, Nastyville, where we can talk about stuff we've been enjoying. Let's go. Talk nerdy to me. Talk to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy cover bands playing. Drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. So, Charlie, we're going to get a little bit of spooky before we get into something a little bit more joyful. And that is For sure. uh, The Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. This is Mike Flanagan's wait, wait, wait. Flanagan verse. Hold on. You make me want to leave the one I'm with and start Thank a new you. relationship with Todd. Go ahead. Yes, it's like the VH1 <laughs> behind the music of Usher. Yes, <laughs> that would be a good name for that early, quite quite honestly. But he's doing well. He's actually going to be doing uh, the, the Super Bowl halftime coming up. Really good for him. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I don't know if he's strong enough time. to do it on his own because he's got a couple hits, but he's not got like a yeah. catalog. So he's yeah. probably going to have like a variety of cavalcade of like guest hosts. Yeah, and, uh, that's pre- that's yeah. pretty that's pretty common. That makes sense to do. Yeah. That, yeah. But um, yeah, this is uh, the Fall of the House of Usher uh, dropped on Netflix about a week ago. Yeah, and Mike Flanagan is known for adapting a lot of things for Netflix, and his stuff is very spooky, scary. He did um uh the I forgot the the series of old novels, you know, the the House on Haunted Hill. Yeah, yeah, the April Haunting of yeah. Bly Manor. So if you like his stuff like that, um, this will definitely be in your wheelhouse. He did a a kid's adaptation of a horror series called, I believe it was called the cemetery stories, which I liked, but it was lighter fare. Um, But this show, Charlie, holy crap. I I think you'll love this. It is amazing. It is essentially taking, you know, adapting, doing an adaptation of of Edgar Allan Poe's The Fall of the House of Usher in a modern lens. It's kind of like Succession and Edgar Allan Poe came together because this is about a rich family called the the Usher family who owns a pharmaceutical company. And these are bad dudes. They make bad drugs that make people think it's almost (laughs) like an opioid uh, crisis. Kind of like that. Maybe, Maybe we should watch this tonight it's really good bruce greenwood is the dad he is oh i uh, saw roderick usher uh you've got mary oh god what's her name um we have my uh my Uh, girlfriend president uh, from uh bsg um, oh, Mary McDowell or uh, uh, Mary McDowell, and I saw I've seen the the sister of Roderick. The promotional stuff. uh, uh, Carla Gugino. Gugino. Oh God. Yeah, she's very good in it too. So she plays an interesting role. She and Bree Greenwood did a Stephen King uh, together. Yes. uh, Yes. Was it Gerald's game? Yeah, yeah. There you go. 
Yep, that's the one. Um, so it uh, basically follows this family uh, who it's a, the two uh, brother and sister form this corporation very well. They have uh, basically Bruce Greenwood's character. Uh, he has a couple of his own, like full on own kids with a, with a spouse. She passed away. And then he's got a bunch of uh, illegitimate children that Half-sies. he actually yeah. legitimized and brought them into the family. He goes, we, our doors are always open in the house of Usher. That's a thing. To my um, illegitimate so, children. <laughs> so it's a big group of, it's like six, six family members, uh, kids who are basically like secession, all trying to weasel their way into the fortune. Henry, Henry, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Henry Thomas is oh, also in this because he's also in the movie we're going to talk about in the Thunderdome. <laughs> exactly. So he'd be like the main person you know of, but the other person yeah. that is fantastic. Mark Hamill plays the family lawyer. Oh my God. And he's so good in it because he's we're, got that gravelly voice. He we're going to, like we're going to watch this as soon as we're done here. Oh, it's, yeah. it's so good, Charlie. It's so like, it's so addictive and you just get yeah. into it. It is very horrific at times. Yeah. Um, full on adult, like drug, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But there's some of the kills in this, Charlie. Holy cow. I don't want to give it away, but it's like, oh, I got oh. one, one question for you. Boobs. Oh yeah. There's tons of stuff. Oh, Anyways. excellent. I'm in <laughs> Yeah, debauchery, everything. That's a big part of this. So this is yes. not for kids, but yes. it is wonderful. It's all out on Netflix. I think I'm four issue, four episodes in of eight, but of it eight. is definitely, cool. you get into it. You just want to keep watching more. Oh, it's that's really awesome. good. So check we, that. We out. had the same experience with the show. I'm going to talk about once you're done here, but uh, just cranking right through it. Yeah, something a little bit less adult, and that is Elemental. It was the latest Pixar film. Uh, you know, it had a good, tur- had a good turnaround. Me. Well, no, it had a, it had a very well. Yes, killed you, but it, it killed me. Had a very good turnaround, considering it was like it launched at like thirty million dollars. So people were like, "This is going to be the biggest crapper in the world," and it actually turned it around. A rare success story. Not enough. Of, yeah, <laughs> and me I, box office. Yeah. <laughs> so I was really curious about this film because you know the buzz when it comes right around. A lot of people said, "Yeah, it's it's a very heartwarming story." Yeah. Um, this one is obviously set in a world where you've got all of the elements fire uh water uh earth and air earth wind and fire are all living in this world they're embodiments but it's it's really this is really a movie about immigration talks about um the first people in this uh place uh i don't think they even mentioned the name of the world we're all from uh water uh water people and then they talk about the second wave which i believe was the 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 earth people uh and then came the air people and the last wave was the fire people yeah. and um there's you can see and, and and this really hit home for my wife who is an immigrant and it was talking about all of the traditions leaving your traditions behind coming to a new world is it really fit for you um and we really enjoyed it because we could see a lot of those messages there the guy who made this movie he's a uh, his parents were immigrants from korea and uh, this is also a Romeo and Juliet because people from different worlds where basically you've got the water person falling in love with the fire woman. Oh, and no. This is about, and this is his story, too. The, the, the creator of this, he married a Caucasian white woman bringing into a Korean family. So a blended family as well. So um, very heart touching movie made me laugh that the ingenuity of how they use the world and all the elements of it. Haha, ha, elements. Um, ah, really, really were well done. So I really enjoyed this film a lot. Um, it is cute. There's no singing in this one, so it's not a musical. Um, but it's 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 a good Pixar film, and I think uh, it's definitely worth watching. A lot of people may not be into, you know, it's got less goofy like dumb animals that 
speak up, but it's got a lot of really cool ideas. It's not. It. I, uh, I really what, was that, it. what was that? Foxtopia or YouTube? Uh, uh, you, yeah, Zootopia was great. Zootopia. Um, yeah, it was done by that, that. And that was done by Disney Animation, not Pixar. So some people yeah, are like, oh, gotcha. it's just like Zootopia. I'm like, eh, it's, it's their take on it. And yeah. I think it's good. It's also, I really it, like the animation. still Disney, yeah. The animation mm-hmm. style was really cool and the way they used it was really neat. So I, yeah. I would recommend it if you're looking for something heartwarming and entertaining. Uh, Elemental's very good. So uh, check My- it out. Heart is warm enough. Well, should speaking, be by the fire people. Ouch. Speaking of nice, warm hearts, uh, damn you, Peacock. We tuned in to watch something, and uh, this is the only way anything gets discovered anymore. You, you turn on any streamer, and there's their scrolling banner at the top. Hey, watch this thing. The top one right now, because the, se- the second season this just came out, is an Australian show, which, you know, you know, Australian Australia stuff is my soft spot. I love the culture. I love the comedians, kind of a thing for me. Uh, but over on Peacock, they have a, a show that actually uh, stars an American and a Brit called Wolf Like Me. Uh, it has to do with, uh, basically, you set the storyline. You have a father who who's an American living in Adelaide, Australia with his 11 year old daughter. Again, he's a widower. His wife died a number of years back uh, there. He's driving her to school and uh, he runs through a red light and gets T-boned, gets his car knocked over by a beautiful redheaded woman played by Isla Fisher, who is actually British, but she's playing an American. I believe I think she's British. No. Yes. Uh, I think she is. I think so. Maybe. But anyway, what you do find out, and again, this is in two seasons, season one, six episodes, season two has seven, uh, that she happens to be a werewolf. She's Australian. And she's, oh, she is. Yes. I I just, I knew she had an accent, but I couldn't, I, I, I don't know that I've ever seen her in anything with an accent. I just knew that she was, she was, was, or is married to Borat, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, oh, really? I think. Oh. Yeah. Um, but anyway, fun show, 30 minute episodes. It's very, oh, really? 30 yeah. minutes. Okay. I've been looking for this one. It's a uh, nice, Josh Gad is great. Nice, and, yeah. easy, easy watch. It was funny is that the more that I watch Josh Gad, the more he reminded me of my, of my late son, Parker. They just, they, they look a lot alike. It really struck me at one moment. I was like, Oh, he looks like my Parker. Um, absolutely adored this show. We, um, we started it yesterday morning, finished see finished the entire show before bed it's it's well we, i mean we were home in between i think doing a couple of other errands we had to do we're like oh, let's just leave this on and uh, oh no you know what a big part of the day april was off doing a vendor show so we were watching it. she came home and we finished we finished second season she got home at like seven o'clock and we're like let's just finish it watch put push straight through to bed fun story a, a romance story but also uh the werewolf part of it not extraordinarily graphic and there's not a lot of wolf time in there um but it, uh you know season one uh ended it did not end on a cliffhanger but season two definitely does so so buckle up um and again season two just came out you know writer strike ended this is what april's actually says how does the writer strike affect people in other countries and i said well particularly if the people starring in the production are members of SAG, it affects them the same way it does everyone else. Yeah. Exactly. So, so we're um, not likely to see. Unless it's actually an international production. I learned this. It's and it, it was, it was, yeah, it was in Australia well, because it was made by Stan, which is the, which is a streamer over in Australia. Okay. So, yeah. but these are SAG actors in a show that is part, I'm guessing because it's now being shown on Peacock. It yeah. probably doesn't, it, I don't know. I'd probably get a yeah. pass. I know productions and the the right. BBC has a thing where they have their yeah, own yeah. actors guild and things. So it's like eh, that's not us. That's somebody else. So right. um, you could do shows over there, I guess. Right, right, right. I don't know. So anyway, yeah. Uh, jump on in again on Peacock. Um, 
and I just absolutely loved it. So yeah, but my my this is my pick of the month. Uh, this is one of the things I've watched uh, for the first time in a long time. I really really dug so. Cool. All right, moving on. Uh, we both watched the third episode, the midpoint uh, of season two of Loki. And oh my God, the show finally did something where I didn't feel like I was falling asleep. This was a great episode. I No, I really enjoyed this. This was fun. So okay. yeah, we finally uh, tracked down um, Ravana and Ms. Minutes. And we tied into the stinger we saw at the end of Ant-Man Quantumania, which had to do with the reappearance of Jonathan Banks as he who will remains, a.k.a. King, a.k.a. Banks? Is, isn't that his name? Majors. Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Banks is the, uh, is the actor who played Mike in Breaking Bad. Sorry. Not Carlton not, Banks from not the, the first same Prince guy. He didn't do a dance for us. Oh. Um, but anyway, yes. Uh, play, yeah, Jonathan Majors, who may cease to exist. He may cease to exist like Kang did, <laughs> depending on how things go his way. Um, but this was a fun episode. So this takes us back to um, Chicago in the late 1800s, both in the 1860s and then jumping forward to the 1890s um, and showing how the one who remains kind of got his start through manipulation uh, from the TVA and from uh, Miss Minutes and from Ravana and uh, then Loki and um, Mobius getting in the mix and then Sylvie as well. Um, so, yeah, finally, something interesting happened in this damn season. I'm so enthused. Wow. Um I wish I was as, as enthusiastic about you because I feel like we're being like anything we're get we're any if we're if we're given anything it feels like something big happened and yeah. I feel like not much happened but it was something so that's better than nothing because because your expectations um, are all the way down here so something yeah, I, some something mid feels like something big yeah it I, does I get this, it. and and I will say this feels like in a comic book. If you take it from a comic book lens, Charlie, you've seen this before. There's lots of stories in comic books that are not the biggest events in the world. They're not the biggest thing. This feels like one of those side stories in a comic that's like, oh, yeah, I read it. it was fine. Moving on to the next big thing. Yeah. Or something. That's what this feels. And that's that's it's fine. And I, I think we're happy we're getting more content. It just yeah. feels like. I just want them to do bigger things that requires abilities. It seems like Loki has finally started using his abilities, but the majority of the time they're running around talking. And it, that is it, it the is whole a, thing of the show. It is a lot of running. It feels like a Tom Cruise movie. There's a lot of running. Oh, we lost him again. Oh, we got to find him. We lost him again. Oh, where's that? We lost him again. It's like, Batman, like, like Batman 66. Robin, we're in tip top shape. Let's run. Exactly. This is filler. There's so much film in this. This could be I know. so much tighter and be a 90 minute to two hour movie. But yeah. they feel like, well, we got to keep people on Disney Plus. So we're just going to have yeah. these go. Yeah. But yeah. another thing, Charlie Jonathan Major, horrible acting, man. When he was doing that like goofy thing over the top, I didn't think it was well done. It felt like it his, was, he was his, forcing it. His stutter talking. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of his. I'm, I, I'm, you know, it was, I mean, you know that I didn't like Quantum Mania. I thought Creed 3 was okay. Um, but the guy, the guy just doesn't really blow me away. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. So for yeah, him to be the the linchpin that's supposed to carry us into the next great era of Marvel, I'm just I'm not buying it. Yeah, in it, in it. I mean, and I've liked him in other things, um, but I feel like he is. People have pumped him up so much to think that oh, you're the that's, next great actor. That's why he's so strong. That's why it, he's so it ultimately beefy. feels like he didn't get much. He doesn't worry about getting direction because he's going to do whatever he wants. And he's like, oh, like, I'll do a British like, accent like and I'll Cruise. try to make myself kind of goofy. And right. it, it just didn't work for me. He, yeah. he It just felt like he was trying really hard to be impressive. And everybody else on the screen was just being more relaxed and acting. And he, he just stood out as just 
I think it works as good as a cameo, but not as someone you see doing something for a long period of time in this right. type of role. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so we have two episodes left. Um, no, three more. Yeah, yeah, you're right. This was three, not not four. Okay, so four, five, six. Um, like I said, we're filling it up. We're filling it up with nothing. yeah, filling it. So yeah, I'm I'm dubious as to where this could go. This is the only Disney Plus show so far that has had a second season. You know, unlike you know, over on the Star Wars side, where um, of the the newer crop of shows, really only Andor has a second season of the newer crop. Um, but Andor really pan- Andor started slow and got amazing. Todd, you've said it's your one of your top shows uh, on the Star Wars side. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know, man. Um, I don't. And my biggest fear is that where can this go? Um, that will have impact on movies that. We don't know when we're going to see him. We don't know if Jonathan Majors is going to be a part of him anymore because of all of his real life troubles. It's just Marvel. I, I'm my my zest for the MCU is has kind of zested out in a lot of ways. You it's know, too much. It's you know, too I'm just I'm much. I'm fearful that the Marvels, like you said, is I mean, if that touches 500k uh, domestic, I would be shocked. Um, it's certainly not going to be a billion dollar film. So yeah, no. that's out, that's out here just in a couple of weeks. We're going to be seeing no. the end. First no, there's just month. not enough there to get people in. Yeah. Sam Jackson isn't a, isn't a draw anymore. Um, Brie Larson, the last time we saw her in that role, she was kind of didn't have a huge role in a, Endgame. Very cameo, a yeah. small part of it. Yeah. So yeah. and then people almost forgot about her movie. And then Miss Marvel, how many people saw that? And then you've got the woman from uh, you know who uh, was a, a minor role in Photon, who's a minor role in one yeah yeah so i don't like, know eh? yeah they're not they're not they're, they're kind of you know kind of like hey you remember what hey did you see this thing on blah 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 it's like you said marvel used to be for everybody and now marvel is all this different stuff it was kind of like snl Niche. yeah it's like snl this week i don't know did you see snl this week I watched quite a bit of it. Yeah, Bad Bunny was that was seemed very niche to me, and and I'm not the niche, and I just I was just I just didn't dig it. You know, I'm glad for the people who loved it, but for me, I was just like a lot of it just didn't land for me. And and it was a a tough one. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of kind of where I feel like Marvel is right now. It's 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 kind of niched itself. It's like Bad Bunny. (laughs) Yeah, it's yeah, Marvel is Bad Bunny. We'll call it Bad Marvel Bunny. Bad Marvel Bunny. Bad Bunny isn't even going to do the Spider-Man movie anymore. Mm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there's a headline a little while back. All right. Well, let's close the door on the Geek Easy. Todd, we're skipping out on the check this time. I know that I found a booger in my Manhattan, and so no tip for them. But one thing we can do, I'm getting out that Air Qantas app. Got to get down to the Land Down Under, Hologram Tina, and the Mutants Await for a breakdown of Todd's favorite new film of the season, Pet Cemetery Bloodline. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina. The Mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, it's Shocktober Week 4, and we're doing Pet Cemetery Bloodlines from 2023, uh, direct to Paramount Plus. Point of order, I'll say it again. Your backdrop is an abomination. That's not the movie we're talking about. I object! Uh, I love my backdrop because it reminds me of a better film. Oh, oh, all right. I'll take over from here. Yes. Direct. Uh, Lee released a several weeks ago on Paramount plus home of far finer programs of the Star Trek nature. Anyway, in 1969, a young Judd Crandall dreams of escaping his hometown until he discovers the malevolent secrets 
what is buried in the cemetery. He confronts a haunting family legacy that forever connects him to the place and unites with his childhood friends as they face an ancient evil that has plagued Ludlow since its inception. And just to be clear, this is a prequel to the 2019 remake of Pet Cemetery, which starred that guy whose name I can never remember, who was very briefly John Connor in one of the Terminator movies, and he played in Pe- one of the Planet of the Apes films as well. Not Eddie Furlong. No. <laughs> he was in Pet Cemetery too. I know. Oh, that's right. There was another one. <laughs> that's right. There probably weren't the any. First, the wasn't first any trilogy. Connective tissue. Fully. I will simply say the 2019 Pet Cemetery movie was was a, without the benefit of the nostalgia gag goggles that gave Todd his background there sure. with the movie he loves is a better sure. film. It, because it, it has it, it has Jason Clark has a more has a more fleshed out story and it really led us to some of the elements uh, that we uh, have here. Todd, I'll bless you the cast listing and then I think your thoughts about this will will be pivotal. Now we had some actors in here that you see from kind of places far and wide. Uh, Jackson White is Judd Crandall, not familiar with him, but Natalie uh, Allen Lind oh, is Norma, the wife. The wife whose photo that you see. Girlfriend. Uh, yeah, girlfriend. Just, yeah. Yeah, girlfriend who becomes the wife because in the 2019 film. Oh, she was in film, Gifted. She yes. was in Gifted. Oh, That's she, where I remember her from. Yeah, yeah I, had, I had to look it up myself. Uh, we do have Henry Thomas from E.T. and the other movie you were talking about. Uh, is Dan Crandall the dad? Uh, we have David Duchovny as Bill Baderman, kind of a grumpy old hick yeah. farmer guy. Uh, and Oh, yeah, Samantha Mathis is his wife. She's actually the daughter of B.B. Uh, Beach, who was the... Um, Carol Marcus in Star Trek too. Kirk's Paramore. And then Pam Greer, who I barely recognized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What has Pam been up to since Jackie Brown? I'm not going to say it's, but now you know what? I'm not going to comment because that would be rude. Um, but yeah, those were the big stars of the film. Um, so yeah, so this is a prequel and Todd, I don't even know why I'm surprised that you're already telling me you're not enjoying this because you hate prequels to start with. So why don't you, why don't you take us through it, please? Because oh, yeah. it'd be very spurless, anything that I could say. So I have not seen the 2019 film. I heard good things about it. Very good. Um, and I did love the original Pet Cemetery movie. I mean, it was part of my teen years loved it i just i just loved certain things about it uh, the scary kid you got tasha yar in it you've got oh, yeah. herman munster I mean, great lines like sometimes dead is better you know, agreed it it's uh, the best things in the world but again you know through through the eyes of of member berries and again it was when we were sure you know, it was 1989 we were so, teenagers totally yeah so i have no i had coming to this i'm like well i'd heard good things about the new reboot i'm like so this is a prequel that's fine i can hear more about you know maybe more about why this thing actually started this, this pet cemetery and these forces of evil. And uh, apparently nobody learned from the first, you know, it's, from this. It's, it's, they- it's, it's, that is Jurassic park. Exactly. Let's make a park with dinosaurs. Nothing could go wrong. Oh, everything went wrong. Well, we got yeah. away with our lives. Uh, well, let's do it again, but it'll be better this time. Oh, it's yeah. not over six movies. <laughs> it's the sins of the father premise, which we've, my, my wife and I were watching this and, and she's like, I feel like, this is everything these days when it comes to horror films. It's the sins of the fathers because right. like, everything that people did in the background, you know, you are responsible for it in your current generation. Because so, it's going to try to kill you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So this movie was all about, yeah, about trying to get away from the town, uh, you know, and, and it's funny because uh, Judd's dad keeps telling him, 
we really want you to get out of this town. And he's not really sure why. And, you know, their relationship is a little bit um, torn. So they're going to join. So he and his girlfriend are going to join the Peace Corps. Um, But along the way, just on the way out of town, they hit a bird and they slam on the brakes and then they find a dog. Would you you get out of your car if you hit a bird? I mean, it hit the, it hit their car and cracked the windshield and they were like, Oh, but I would have gone out and been like, was that a kid? No. All right. Let's get the F out of here. And you yeah, just if I hit it, well, yeah. If you couldn't tell what you hit, you probably would want to see what. You right. Hit. But you wouldn't be like, um, let's creep out on the road and look at this thing going. Meh, and then, yeah, then they get accosted by a dog uh, belonging to the neighborhood farm, which is uh, owned by Duchovny's character. And uh, Duchovny, uh, I believe it was like, he was in town earlier. And he said, yeah, my boy came home from Vietnam. And, and uh, what's funny is that the bit with the, the kid who came home from Vietnam, who ends up being kind of the key villain in the, uh, in the film was one of the newspaper headlines that Jason Clark's character is pouring through when he's doing ah, his pet nice. cemetery research in the 2019 film. So yeah, exactly. But you know, it's not, it's not hard to figure out that the kid in his name is, is it Billy? It was Timmy, Timmy and uh, Judd Manny. and then Manny, yeah. who's native American uh, from the native American family. They were childhood friends, but they, you know, got into high school and kind of all went their separate ways as frequently happens. Timmy goes off to Vietnam and he was killed. Sorry, it's Pet Cemetery. You kind of see where this is going. Well, well now you know, he wasn't yeah. he wasn't killed. Um, he came back and I believe killed himself. Oh, why did I? Because he was oh, dealing okay. with. Remember, because David Coveney was taking his body. They, they wouldn't just say, "Here's your dead son." You're right. <laughs> you bury right. him. I did miss. Yeah, Carrie and Barry. You're right. I did. The opening of the film. He was I, taking I, something to a grave, and the, he was with the dog, and the dog got grabbed, and that's kind of where. Oh, now you yes. see that—that that is something that I missed. Because I turned to April, I'm like, "Well, why? Why does he have his dead kid's body? Do you go just dig it up and be like, I'm going to rebury him? How did he? How well, would they, he have done that? All right, do with that. Yeah. that. Yeah, this makes sense now. Yeah. So anyway. So yeah, it's, it's emotional. Oh, by the way, disturbing. spoilers. Did we say that? Spoilers. <laughs> I think it's a foregone conclusion because that's what we've done with all the other, you know, sure. films that we've been talking yeah. about this month. So, so anyway, sorry. Um, but if uh, Todd's reaction, this is any indication, um, you're not going to watch it anyway. Uh, if you, if you're, if you're in the Todd camp uh, of, uh, of uh, yeah, prequel hating, you know, um, make your own decision and see it. Uh, very true. Very, that yeah. is that is what we that is the cornerstone of what we have built SFU on is that make up your own mind. We're just we're just a couple of talking heads with colorful backgrounds. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, they they go to the farm and Duchovny's characters there and Timmy is there and then the 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 dog attacks the girlfriend and scratches her up and so now Judd has to stay in town a couple of days. And then he gets embroiled in the whole. Well, Timmy's going to try to kill everybody and that you know bleeds over to the native american family and so everybody has to team up because certain characters get killed off so we'll keep it spoil we'll keep it somewhat spoiler adjacent certain characters get killed off and get reanimated and it's funny that the character i'm thinking of that gets killed at and comes back they're surprisingly articulate uh and the same in the original with the you know the boy uh who's like mommy i want to play with you and he's running around with a knife and he you know Gage. Uh, yeah, Gage, he, you know, gives a, a chop to poor uh, 
to poor uh, Herman Munster that eats his throat out. Where in the 2019 version, it's the daughter, not the son. Sorry, because Todd, you haven't watched it, but it's been out for for five years. So well, I may watch it. Yeah, I, I mean, because I've heard good things about that. I want to. Uh, prequels should not weigh on if a modern. So anyway, uh, yes, I will tell you that it's the daughter, not the son. All right, that's and then yes, with uh, Judd uh, or. Uh, John Lithgow playing the Judd role, um, it follows very similar to the original film, kind of what goes down that way. That's what, that's what I had thought, because, yeah. I mean, it, it would make sense they would have similar story beats, but they would play with them. But this one, yeah. you know, they they do get into the mythology of how right, this actually right, right. occurred, which was I thought was cool. Totally. I like that part. The kind um, of the flashback. Yeah, flashbacky part back to colonial times. To 16, something. Yeah, yeah this, the, the colony um, and kind of like what caused it. Yeah. And quite honestly, we still don't know what this great evil is, though. So I don't know it's, if this it, is tied it's, into. It's just great else. evil. You know, hey, it's it's original grade, you know, 100 proof great evil. And this pet cemetery with the, 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 the dead uh, spirits of the animals were supposed to fight off the great evil right and that's why you have the big wall of wicker that's supposed to Mm -hmm. now another aspect and this was this is interesting it was touched on in the 2019 film but really less so or maybe i misremember the 1989 film is that the the other part of the wall of wicker that's keeping the pet cemetery in the town walled off from the woods beyond is uh protection from a wendigo no kidding. It's in the book. No, I don't think that was mentioned at all. Interesting. Yeah, okay. I, f- I feel like it was touched upon in one. It was like it was like an Easter egg, maybe in the 89 movie where you heard like okay. a bar, 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 you heard a creature or something. Ooh. But it's part of the book, as I understand, because April, of course, is a big Stephen King fan and has read mm-hmm. many of the books. So um, so anyway, so what was it specifically that you thought was just a turd in the punch bowl about this one? What, what killed so, for you? So, you know, the, the um, Judd's girlfriend essentially was kind of put on ice for most of the movie. And then uh, one of the, one of the victims comes and tries to kill her. I don't remember if she was a part of the founding fathers. Like she was oh, what, like her, the families. Cause it was like, uh, yeah. it was like the five families of Ludlow. Exactly. And, was, yeah. and that's why they were being, Targeted by taking out yeah. exactly. So I don't remember if she was or not. And she was his uh, Lind. Yeah. Lind does not seem like a name that was on that list. Yeah. Um. So, and then she was trying to, you know, trying to escape, and then she did escape, and then she was essentially put down a hole, and then couldn't get out. Couldn't right. get she out was of this in the, hole. The mud swamp. Yeah. Exactly. But all of a sudden, she could kick her way out and remove everything to get out. I'm like. That's not happening. That's yeah. just a bad plot that, device. That, that's like a that's like a last five minutes of an episode of Star Trek Voyager. They're like, oh, we're all the way up Shit Creek. Oh, uh, it's eight fifty two. We got to get out of this one. Yeah, exactly. We got to get out of this yeah. bucket of syrup, like on the Dukes of Hazard, right? Yeah, this, this, this either needed more time or less time. <laughs> I couldn't figure out what it was because I'm like, all of a sudden, it like it, it just. And the whole premise of how you get rid of them, okay. And some of the, I will say, the one death with the shotgun impaled with a shotgun. That's a new one in my part. I'm yeah, like, that was that, 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 that was really something. <laughs> um, yeah, both both. Yeah, because yeah, the uh, the the character. And again, I want I don't want to super spoil it, but the the one dead reanimated character was particularly vicious. Not yeah. only for the words, but not only for the the violence, but with the words. Some really yeah. mean. She was really mean. Sorry, I said she. Yeah. 
draw, yeah. draw from it what you will. Um, and, and it was weird that they, I mean, it's silly deaths where everybody had to split up. And obviously, you know, that's going to go wrong. And it's like, God, why do I even ask why are they yeah. splitting up? Because because they have to, because deaths have to happen. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, what was the line from Ghostbusters? Let's split up. Yes, we can do more damage that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say I didn't like the main character. I thought he was Judd. highly un interesting yeah um didn't feel like he was effective at anything <laughs> particularly yeah. i mean well, yeah, he, he couldn't protect anybody i mean in oh. the end of it you know his girlfriends gets bit and other people's in his family end up dead i thought the mom uh what henry thomas's wife was reanimated at one point because she walked away and had like a weird scar on her leg or something and i'm like oh I guess she, that too and i, I, I thought she was she gonna almost be, a victim yeah maybe so maybe she got bit by a dog as well hmm, i don't know um yeah. So yeah, Todd, I, I high, highly recommend that you, you know, and maybe it's, but again, we kind of fall into the trap with the Star Wars stuff like, oh, well, you really could have enjoyed this if you had seen this prequel, kind of like, you know, your, your overall thought about Ahsoka versus Rebels. The 2019 film really informs some aspects of this. The ending of that film, I think, is vastly more interesting okay. than the ending of the 1989 film. So okay. I, I would say watch the film. I would say watch the film before the end of the month. Let's come back. Let's talk about it a little bit. Just like very briefly. I would like uh, to we'll I'd see like if to, I have time. <laughs> I, would like to, 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 I, I would like to hear some reason. thoughts about that. But yeah, no, I totally understand. Yeah, it, it just seems like with a prequel, um, the reason I rarely like them, because it seems like they get to be lazy and know that you've already seen this, so we don't it's, actually it's, have to make it as it's uh, gran- it becomes very granular. We don't have to worry about a lot of it because you're already in. Yeah, and exactly. That, where it's where like this is a great standalone. Where I was going to say, if this is how this series got started, it shouldn't have got. It should. I it would not make me want to watch that. It should have been the, be the one and done. Yeah, no. So absolutely. That's what I'm saying. You actually have to make a strong thing to make it worthy versus just saying we're, we're cashing in and that's where most yeah. prequels do, but you, I'm cashing you do in. get a good, uh, you do get a good prequel, but right. Yeah. Yeah. Cashing in. So, all right. Okay. Well, to wrap this up, uh, nine out of 10, um, dead cats. <laughs> what do you, what do you give it? Um, well, I'm going to give this one a, uh, I originally was going to give this one a three, but I'm going to give it a three and a half because I loved the, cover at the end of the movie in the credits hazy shade of winter um yeah really good take on it it just reminds me that's such a good movie uh song and then listening to the original by um uh simon garfunkel by by some simon garfunkel um i like the covers better than the original yeah well it's they're 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 very uh i mean they're very disparate in particular in that case as well so um i will chalk this up to an even five dead cats uh, I found it enjoyable, maybe because I felt some portions of it did build upon the 2019 film. And you know what? It accomplished for us probably exactly what they were wagering for. Even though we'd seen the 2019 film, we did turn around and watch it again. So we gave them, we had Paramount Plus more minutes. And of course, the only way they are able to actually advertise is that 30 second block when you turn a movie on and then they promote one of their own somethings, which in this case sure. was probably referring back to this movie. So actually, it ended up being a, uh, a zero sum game for Paramount Plus because they were advertised with something that we had just watched. But 
they did get us to watch the other film again. And now I know why this didn't come out to the theaters. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. They couldn't string it into a big part, two part or so. All right. Well, (laughs) and then I did, because again, Todd, as I've mentioned, I'm, I'm out next week. I'm in uh, Dallas, Texas at my company's corporate headquarters doing some training. So I watched next week's movie a week ahead and boy, is it a doozy. Is that our last October? Are we jumping into our last one? Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, that's going to be a fun one for next week that we'll record next weekend. That was a request by uh we're doing uh yeah we're doing house and that was a request from john sedorf oh very except one of our esteemed patrons i love it but charlie just let you know pet cemetery bloodlines 20 percent rotten tomatoes (laughs) so they gave it two dead cats out of 10 and a 52 (laughs) percent audience score so there we go the audience was really loved it right on track with me five dead cats um which is not really worth rotten to the core three alive cats all right well anyway folks that's the show uh thank you as always for joining us todd where do people find you out there um they can find me uh primarily now on threads and i'm at tioxtra and at Secret Friends Unite are both there. Also on X, I still put stuff out there because there's still more people out there. True. And that's really what I, why I'm uh, really over on X a lot myself from time to time. At the C3, uh, dabbling a little bit more on Instagram, at, which is C3 Carpenter, spell it out. And that's the same on threads as well, which I've really not been active. The big plug I want to put in uh, is that here we're, we're recording this here at the end of October. Uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I live, November 3rd through the 5th is the Grand Rapids Comic Con. And uh, our chapter of Starfleet International, the USS Grand Petoskey, which you hear me talk about each and every week on this show and bi-weekly over on code 47 that is our big event we have a great booth with set pieces and props and costumes but more importantly uh, at this event we're going to have our second annual chapter meeting the primary focus of which is an auction for charity one of our two of our generous uh members uh a father and son team uh, dale and todd smith donated over 50 star trek items purely for a silent auction to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Michigan, which April and I do in the name of our late son, Parker Carden. Um, If you are in Michigan, if you are planning attending the show, please come to that event. It's Saturday night of the con, which is November 4th. Uh, after hours, after the clone, uh, the show closes in Grand Gallery Outlook Room E. All are welcome. Uh, we're still working out the logistics. That's what the rest of my meeting is. I have a couple of long meetings to get all that ironed out. But it is going to be really great. We'd love to see you both at the show. Uh, tickets available from the Grand Rapids Comic Con website. Plug, plug, plug. But if you're there anyway, come see us at the booth. And please do come to the charity auction so we can uh, earn some money for these Make-A-Wish kids here in the state of Michigan. Um, so that's my plug. That's it. Uh, I'm I'm going to tell you, as always, friends, uh, thank you for joining us. Sharing is caring. And to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. Sometimes prequels are better when they're dead. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit SecretFriendsUnite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.